You are listening to Drop Tent Media Network. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast. With Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction. They got to harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like, people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Hey, welcome to another episode of my undocumented ass podcast. Uh, this has been an awesome experience so far, talking to so many great people. And our next guest is another amazing individual. Grace Stewart has been undocumented chef on yachts and and has grown up uh, most of her life undocumented and how that's affected her psyche and just everything she's done to overcome this experience. It was a it was a v- amazing conversation. Uh, it's about an hour long, but man, it flew by, and I promise you it's going to fly by when you listen to it, too. So, yeah, without further ado, let's talk to Grace Stewart, or Chef Grace, Grace Stewart. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to film, nor would any crew member give me the privacy to do this. <laughs> uh, okay. I, uh, somebody, I think, Jesse, was, were you on saying, what's the show about the people on the cruise? I forgot what on was deck. Oh, below deck. deck. You below guys deck. are right, yeah. below deck. Yeah, below is, deck. Isn't that dramatic and, and uh, it can be. It depends on the boat. Yeah, it can be. Uh, a lot of people like it's kind of like the real world at sea. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, that's totally so right. many yeah. strangers from around the world and <laughs> stuck living together and serving billionaires. It's it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, yeah, you should uh, you should definitely try out for that for that show. See, how, no, how I'm good. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, uh, well, thank you for being uh coming on. I know, like you know, we we know each other through TikTok. Like most of the people yeah. on, uh, on the show that are going to be on, and we've gotten to talk a little bit about like well, you know, like more of my stuff about being undocumented. But I really like don't know much about yours, so I would love to like just you know start from the beginning, like where are your parents from and all that stuff. Yeah, well, um, we are from Peru. My dad was born in Chile. My mom is Peruvian. My brothers uh, and sisters were all Peruvian. Um, and we came when we were four and five years old on a, on a tourist visa. And um, I don't remember a lot of the arriving stage. I know people remember from when they're younger, I have literally almost no memory, um, probably from PTSD, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a lot. I'm missing a lot but, of um, time too. Like I, I do that too, where I'm like, when did this happen and when did that happen? And then I can't really get straight answers. Yeah. I'm like, I don't ask questions. Like uh, I haven't started digging into like my family's like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I just uh, tested negative for Corona, but I had it for like nine days. And oh my gosh. Just uh, getting over it. Did, did you have Omicron? Did they tell you? which one? You had? I No, they didn't tell me what I had, but it was like from one day to another, just sick out of nowhere. And I was just uh, like, what? I'm actually, like, so I'm just getting over that. I'm actually like, uh, like under, cause I just got like a booster. I got my third uh-huh. Pfizer shot. Uh-huh. So I'm like, Oh man, I, I feel you. So I'm also like some of the viruses in me. <laughs> just making me. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah. But um, yeah, as far as my story, it's so long and it is so complicated. And like, there's so many parts to it from the moment we minutes. So we got we got time (laughs) (laughs) The moment that we um, came in to when I became a U.S. citizen about, I don't know, three, almost four years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's over almost three decades, 26 years of being um always in limbo, always in limbo. Like if I had my 
I had my green card at one point, um, my temporary, um, that's valid for two years and I lost it. Um, and I decided I was capable of filling out the immigration paperwork by myself. And it turns out I could not, (laughs) and I sent it in and they were like, no, you're rejected. And I was like, oh my God, I just did that to myself. And, um, they took away, they took away the green card. Well, they didn't take it away. They told me it was expired. So then I was like, okay, now I don't know what to do. And they denied me because my paperwork that I submitted myself was incorrect. I mean, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, so I hired a lawyer and then moved forward from that. But I also deported myself once. Like, oh, God. What? I deported myself once. No big deal. The green card story. Oh, Oh, I love the way you teased it. I love the way you teased it. That was very good. That was very good. So, oh, my God. um, Yeah. So when I first joined yachting, I didn't, this is the same time, around the same time that I, um, filled in the application for my green card by myself. So I was kind of in that limbo waiting area where I didn't have the physical card back yet. Um, but somebody told me that I could go to immigration and get my passport stamped so I could start traveling. And so I went to immigration and I, you know, um, I guess you, you don't know Fort Lauderdale, but there's a, there's a, Oakland Park building where you go, you take a ticket and then you wait until you're called. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's by appointment only. And you meet with an officer. So my number was called. I go to the counter and the woman was like, oh, no, you don't need a stamp. Like you could go with this letter. And I was like, well, no, somebody told me I need the stamp in my passport so I could travel. And they're like, no, no, just this paper is fine. And I was like, OK. And I believed her. So I went, I think, to St. Lucia somewhere to meet um, a boat. Um, and I do the trip and I try to come back home and at the airport, they're like, we can't let you on this flight. And I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. This very nice like, white yes, lady told me that. that you <laughs> I was like in immigration, they told me that I could get on this flight yeah. and they're like, no, you can't. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I like stepped outside kind of like I, my anxiety was so high like I barely know how I got through that so I step outside probably call my parents like tell them what's going on not that they could do anything they're in Florida and I'm some random island in the Caribbean and so we so I go back inside I try again to talk to a ticket agent and um, they actually had me step over the scale and go into a back room they called immigration right in front of me and they told me um and I said can I talk to the officer the officer on the phone didn't want to talk to me they were saying everything that I was saying to the officer on the phone and basically the immigration officer is like no you can't come in you don't have the right paperwork (laughs) so then from there I go back to the boat I book a new ticket to go to Barbados because that's the closest American embassy that was um yeah the closest American embassy to me at the time so I fly into Barbados, I get in super late at night and um, I go to immigration there and they're like, what are you here for? And I was like, oh, I'm here for um, to go to the American embassy. And they're like, well, we can't let you in. And I was like, what? Like, why? And I didn't have the correct paperwork. There was no proof of residency for the, um, for the United States. So they also didn't want to let me in. 
So I started digging through my purse, just everything I could find, like my bank, Bank of America, debit card, my license, like anything that I had said I lived in the United States. I just threw it on this guy's desk. And uh, I was like, I'm not here to stay. I'm here to, um, I'm here to just go to the embassy and try to get back to the United States. Um, and he was like, well, when are you going to go to the embassy? It's Friday. And I was like, oh, well, I'll go on Monday. He goes, well, it's Friday, like, is it Easter Friday or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the, the Christian holiday. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah, then one of those Holy Weeks kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was super religious. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And he, um, but he, then he goes, and Monday's Easter Monday. I'm like, what is Easter Monday? So you are lying. Like, yeah. I don't know what that is, but like, you are making this up. And I just need to go to, I just need to go to the embassy. Well, I didn't know what it was. They were like ruled by the queen, so they were probably not lying. It's like, no, the queen yeah. does, it's Easter Monday. We're not lying to you. Yeah, but my, I was so dumb. And as a child, like, I really had no idea what was How going on, you, you know? Time, you, you, like... I might have been, like, 25, 26. So I wasn't that young, but I was still no, naive to still, traveling. Oh, my God. You know? I was very naive about this whole system until 27. So I, I yeah. understand that's still pretty young. You're like, yeah, yeah crazy young. Like, I'm yeah, like St. Lucia's, and then so I thought so he's just hopping from island to island, just like oh, knocking on the door, being like, Hey, somebody let me in. But luckily, this guy did. He was like, Yes, okay, like, um, he was like, He let me in, like, in good faith. And I was yeah. like, Okay, thank you, I appreciate you so much. I went to that embassy every single day crying. All I heard all day was welcome to America, welcome to America, welcome to America from everybody that was going to visit or whatever, you know, process that they were going through to go to the United States. And I was like, I just deported myself and I can't even get home. Like yeah. I'm just hearing everybody get welcomed in, in, you know, I'm sitting in a, in the embassy in Barbados and I am here stuck. Like, but I ended up making the best out of it. You know, I got, I moved closer to the beach. Um, the, the officer at the embassy basically kicked me out. He was like, I can't have you here like this. Yeah. Like we will email you when we have an answer for you because I was just sobbing. Like, yeah, I didn't know what I had just done. You can't keep coming in here and bringing everybody down. Okay. You <laughs> yeah. need to go home, cry in your hotel, <laughs> and we'll send you an email. First of all, yeah. I don't know why I was shocked that Barbados yeah. had emails. I was like, they have emails? <laughs> like, I'm such a racist American yeah. piece of crap. So, so, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. So I was, bringing everybody I was down. sent away. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even want me. They were like, no, ma'am, you got to go. <laughs> So yeah, that happened. Um, but yeah, long story short, like uh, I ended up having to sit in for an interview in Barbados. Two officers were interviewing me just to make sure that my um, my story was right, you know? And they're like, I just find it so hard to believe that you don't remember any dates. And I'm like, and I think that's like a little bit of my trauma like there's things that I just can't remember and dates for me have never been able to stick, yeah. like never been able to stick. And I don't know why, but, you know, I tried to tell the officer, like, listen, I've always been like this and I'm not sure why, but I'm just doing the best that I can and giving you all the information that I have. And then I don't think, I think he told me to sit outside and then he called my name maybe like half an hour later. And I just was like, 
thank you. Uh, <laughs> and so I called my parents and I don't know, I was like, Hey mom, do you think I can stay an extra day? Now I want to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you can go back, but you don't have to like get, get out right away. Yeah. Okay. I was like, can I have one day? <laughs> so I cracked open a beer. I enjoyed, I think it's Dover beach yeah. very much. And then I got out and I came home and it was so one of the crazy. Yeah. My mom thought it was ridiculous, but I, I was like, ran, I was so stressed. I would have ran to my little apartment in, 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 in Philly, like in no time. Like, no, I no, I was like, let me just get in one like proper sun tanning. <laughs> Well, I've been through so much. I deserve it. Catch yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm ridiculous. You, you keep saying you have like a hard time with, with dates and stuff like that. Cause like, and I don't mean to dive too deep. If you, if you know, you keep saying like trauma, do you, are you, are you specifying like, like the whole growing up undocumented thing? Kind of like yeah. psychologically, mm -hmm. like how do you, mm -hmm. how do you, mm -hmm. cause this is one thing I'm actually, so I keep talking, telling people is I'm trying to do a one person show, right. Which is mm -hmm. growing up undocumented and, one of the things that I really had to dive into is, wait a minute, how how was I afraid? You know, how was mm -hmm. I affected by this? You know, what are the things I had to do? And I hate to say this because, like, um, I think this is a part of my brain that's missing where, like, I just don't register sadness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Growing up undocumented, like, I thought I wanted to be, like, a superstar. You know, I, I, I was undocumented, and I, I thought I wanted to be – I, I still want to be in movies, but I didn't – let that at all like come in the way of me like starting comedy and and doing this and doing that and even as a kid like i would i would tell like my mom would be like well, you know you gotta lie to people about you know like where you were born and stuff like that because you don't want people to know you're undocumented yo and i thought that was the greatest thing in the world that i get to lie to people so i was like yeah man i was born in queens i was born at a jamaica hospital i was making up all these <laughs> lies about my birth and like yeah. so i i i found it like almost whimsical that i got to be undocumented and i got to lie and i got to like try and be creative with work and stuff like that so but like how did you feel like like what were some of the moments that you were like man this is i feel it and this is horrible because I, I like i said i'm kind of dumb about it even though i grew up yeah yeah um i i okay so looking back i had no purpose um i had no purpose growing up um I was a terrible student. I think it's because I knew I was undocumented. Like, um, I didn't, I remember I was sitting, my mom, I have super curly hair. So my mom would brush my hair and braid it at night. So it doesn't get tangled. And I used to cry. This podcast just makes me sound like a cry baby, but no. so I used to cry. And so, um, she would braid my hair. And I remember a commercial for Disney came on um and it was like Florida residents get da, 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 off and I was like oh mom like are we Florida residents and she said no and I was like wait what like we live in Florida we're Florida residents and then I guess we started that conversation of um document like undocumented or illegal whatever um people want to call it and so my parents were explaining that to me and my brother and that's kind of where I found out, but I never told anybody. And I caught myself being a liar. Like my dad drove, um, but not in a way where you are playing and you are feeding into it because you are inspired because you want to be an actor. So you put on, you made a character out of it, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm 
Um, I did it in a way where I was embarrassed about who I was and like my family. Um, so I would lie because one of the girls, I, I was in fifth grade and one of the girls, her dad was a pilot. And so I lied and I was like, oh, my dad's a pilot too. And they're like, for what airline? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they have follow-up questions. I gotta be better at lying. That's, yeah, I always yeah. knew there was gonna be follow-up questions. I just said the first thing, American. <laughs> That's what we yeah, are. I was like, it's American. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> so you know, um, so I just really hid a lot of who I am. And even last night, um, I was having these thoughts. Like I'm in therapy, um, a psychiatrist. Um, with a psychiatrist and a therapist or psychologist, psychologist. Um, the two of them, like, I'm like gathering a team yeah. of people to help me because we can um, rebuild her. Yeah. <laughs> or at least make her like, level. We can make her level. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I just like trying to find a balance. Just find my balance. Um, but even last night, I was thinking, I was like, oh, do I show up as me or do I show up with my guard up? Because that's always who I've been. So like there's obviously one of me, I don't have multiple personalities, but I know that there's a difference now of who I was pretending to be my whole life and who I actually am. And I'm like working on that. So even today to show up, I was just like, who do I show up as? Like, yeah, that, so I get that. Yeah. It was, uh, it was very difficult when I actually went on stage for the first time and I was like, so I grew up undocumented and it was like the first time I said it and it was, uh, yeah, it was very liberating because I was hiding from it. It really took my partner to, she like I always joke around, but she's like she's a white woman, so it was very uh for me personally it was very dramatic, going from uh undocumented like playing these roles, coming up with these characters, trying people not to know who I am, to having like dating a white radical feminist who is like yelling at the police, and I'm like wow that's amazing, so that gave me the confidence to be like man if she can like yell at people like don't touch me you know it's my body you know like just being very vocal about how the world hurts her and and mm -hmm. how she's not going to take it anymore. I was like, I should be like 10% as brave as her when I go on stage. And she was like, you need to. You need to tell people you're undocumented. This is a fake-ass boring character where you're like, oh, I was born in Queens and, and my mom owned the laundromat and, and my sister went to, you know, NYU. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why are you doing Oh, you know, I'm just like the quirky one that does comedy in the family, you know? So so she was like, this is pretty lame and boring. You know what I mean? Like, you telling me like, you know, you had to like, lie at the airport about, you know, what was happening to you, you know, all the things that actually happened to me, you know, to, to yeah. the path of undocumented and then where I'm at now, she was like, it's just a lot, uh, it's just more interesting and it's a lot more real. Yeah. So that's why that you're right, that character of who I used to be is like gone. And it's weird when people still like reference that comedian that I used to be or that person that I used to be, it's, it's difficult. I lost a lot of friends, yeah. you know, once I became like my authentic self. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm the losing friends and losing family part of my story. Like I love because really? yeah, oh oh yeah. I feel like I have my group of people that I I mean I have friends that I've been friends with since elementary school. My friend, my best friend Carly, I've known since I was in the fifth grade, you know, like so I have my core group of people. Um, and I feel like if you've ever posted anything shitty about immigration and I've seen it, like I've cut you off. Like I've had people tell me, no, it's, um, it's not you. You're the exception. And I'm like, and 
the people at the border, what? And those kids, what? Like, don't tell me that I'm the exception because I'm no different. Like, it pisses we, me off when they make oh, me the exception. Oh, it I'm not the exception. I'm, and they're like, no, but they should come in legally. I'm like, please tell me what that means. So anybody that has been able to boil my blood just from their pure ignorance with immigration and making us an exception, I've just, I'm happily removed from my life. Because if you don't want to find out what it really is, if you don't actually want to learn, um, I'm not interested in, you know, trying to offer that to you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to sell you on accepting me. And uh, so whatever your narrative is about immigration is yours and you can keep it and you're no longer in my life. Like, I can't. Well, I'm actually finding that a lot of, uh, you know, uh, mostly white Americans is where I got this from. They really are oblivious of the the immigration system for like brown people. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I did this TikTok where it's like you know you white uh the American passport like you can go to 185 countries without even asking for permission. You know that's mm -hmm. that's uh that's that's freedom to travel wherever you want, go there, set up a life, then whatever. But like for people of color like us, like uh I, I looked up the Dominican passport. Uh, I can only travel to 69 countries, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. Just uh, 69. I mean, but you think about it like Americans get 185 and then we have to ask for places like America and Europe to, for permission to go there, you know, because people yeah. I don't think people know that a, a passport is different than a visa. Right, right, right. Oh, I mean, most Americans don't even have passports, so they don't right, know, they what, don't a know visa what a visa is. is. <laughs> they like, yeah, they don't know that like, a visa is you have to ask that country you're going to for permission. Can I go there? You yeah. Know? And that's where. um. That's where I have to check my privilege sometimes because uh, my father was a dentist in the Dominican Republic. So when he got me, my mom and my sister passports, he got it very easily because he was, you know, a professional. You know, he had his studio, right. he has a dentist. So they're like, oh, he's going to come back. Like, you know, he's, he's, you know, he graduated from college. He has a house here. Yeah. So he had all his documentation, everything that they want to see your dad had. Yeah, my like, dad had. So, yeah. And that's a big deal. And that's yeah. a big deal. So that's why, like, when, you know, when my mom, like, decided to escape with us and, like, steal the passports and, like, leave them, you know, um, I realized, like, how how she, she basically when she wanted to leave him so badly like we could have been coming here on a boat you know what i mean but mm -hmm, my mom was mm -hmm. lucky enough that she was like i'm gonna steal these passports and we have this one chance to get out of, away from this person you know mm -hmm. so so yeah so that's why like when when i try to tell white people and explain to them like yo i fell out of status when i was six i came here legally with a passport because my mother was being abused and they're like well you should have gotten status and like you know you know abused women get actually and i'm like Yo, my mom didn't have the money to get a lawyer and talk to someone and figure out, like, how yeah. can I, yeah. you know, yeah. no. This was very, like, chaotic, you mm -hmm. know, the leaving process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of yep. people don't understand that. And that's the thing no, about this podcast. It's like the immigration system is like a different system for every single individual. Because you're telling me a very different story that, like, yeah. you know, when you went to, like, you know, St. Lucia's and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, um, wait, I, I have more. I have more. Yeah, I, I want to know, like, okay, so... Yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think you and I have had the same experience. I've had status, and then I get jobs, and I do as much as I can when I have status. Yeah. Then I fall out of status. Then I'm like, but I'm, I already have my degree in my profession. So, so what made you get to like chef? Like, what was like? Did you? When did you start? Like, oh, I want to cook. Like, like when? I want to know about uh, that because you started getting on yachts to go around, and sometimes you had papers, sometimes you didn't. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, I probably got on yachts prematurely before I like had my permanent you know 10-year green card so I I was already like 
feeling the itch, um, probably the travel itch from the first time I got to go to Peru, back to Peru for the first time. And I think it, at that point it had been 20 years, 19, 20 years. Um, so I had the travel itch, but so we're going to feed back to when I first came into the United States. So we came here on a tourist visa and applied for asylum. Um, our asylum got denied for some reason. Um, again, I, because I don't ask questions, like there's a lot of missing parts from my story. Exactly. Just a lot of because, missing years, time, dates, all. Anything. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm like, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, like I'm still processing what I can remember, yeah. you know? So. And what's hard about um, asking, sorry, I mean to cut you off. It's like, you're also asking your parents for something traumatic. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like why did you leave? And how were you feeling right. about things? And you, our parents right. are like, I don't want to talk about that time. I don't yeah. want to talk about all that. It's very traumatic for them. Yeah. I, and you know, I just from simply not knowing, I um, never thought of it that way until now I'm almost my mom's age when she brought us here. And I could not imagine I'm unpacking so much of my life that I could not imagine fleeing a country because of domestic terrorism with two little kids oh, leaving was, your husband behind. What was happening in Peru at the time that you had to leave? Um, it was I. It was under Fuji, Alberto Fujimori, um, or I think he like came in to clean it all up. But there was, I think, a bunch of domestic terrorism, maybe over drugs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And our building, um, somebody put a bomb in our building on the first floor. Um, and we weren't home, but it went off. My dad was home. And that was like, kind of like my mom's last straw. Yeah, we weren't home, thankfully. Building, like, maybe yeah. We get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. we have no heat. <laughs> Other than that one second, the bomb went off. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> oh my, God. my mom was like, enough. But like, was I can imagine was he 30. Was okay? like, he was no, enough. no. Everybody was good. Yeah. Oh. Everybody was good. They rookie bomb makers, obviously. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God for those people. <laughs> oh, so, um, but yeah, everybody was good. We we came to the United States. We got um, we applied for asylum, got denied. Then my parents won the visa lottery, okay, which is a big deal. And I don't know, yeah, and randomly. So I think at that point, maybe I was like third, fourth grade. Mm -hmm. um, I my parents did go ahead and hire a lawyer, um, and from the time our attorney sent the per paperwork. And immigration received it. There was a seven-day gap, and immigration saw that we we went to immigration court for this um, with the attorney, and we immigration saw it. The judge saw it and was like, because of the seven-day gap, you were technically here illegally, um, and denied our case because of seven days, seven-day gap from when the lawyer sent it to immigration ruined our whole life i mean not my whole life but no put it, a damper it, it, on my damp, life yeah it, 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 yeah yeah that's exactly where i've been so close to it some judge comes in sorry we're not gonna prize we're not gonna go yeah. any further with this and you're like yeah yeah all that time all that i time. was in the fourth grade yeah. yeah i remember that i was just like okay like what happens now petrified i'm pretty sure that's the day i realized that i had anxiety or yeah. like the first panic attack ever because i was like now what? I was old enough to realize what was going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, now what? And that 
that what pisses me off is like we spent so many years battling and thousands of dollars on lawyers fees and immigration fees and um now that attorney is an immigration judge and I'm just like man like how like you really screwed us like well that's why he's a judge because he knows how to screw you he knows how to how to finagle the law enough to look fair when it's being unfair that's that's I wish that a great judge I wish that my parents would have sued the living crap out of her I asked my mom I think um I remember so I might be making that up but I remember asking my mom we're gonna sue and she said no because my parents are too nice like we should have been playing like instead of the nice card we should have been playing the American entitled card this whole time yeah it because that's learned behavior that's us we grew up here so we have a little bit more of like don't put your hands on me like I grew up right, you know what I mean? but, right. but uh my mother very very heavily believes like she calls herself an illegal you know what I mean she talks about herself like that and you know I almost want to like just hold her and be like don't let these white people like make yeah. you feel inferior but um yeah you know uh okay I was actually okay I'm like I said I'm writing a one-person show so there's something that I actually like I was writing about that I actually almost didn't realize about my mother because uh I'm not gonna lie to you my mom was a drug dealer right uh-huh. And uh, she made a lot Good of money. for her. Yeah, thanks. She actually, she actually, uh, she <laughs> made a name do for herself in uh, in the little town that she rang, and she's slaying drugs. But uh, I remember after a few years of us being here, um, undocumented, we got the opportunity to to go to like uh, you know, to immigration to get our passports renewed. So we, at least we have like our passports back. It was already been a few years we were undocumented, and I remember going there and being like really scared. And I was like, what if they deny us? Like, we, we haven't walked into these buildings since we came here. Like, what if they just grab us? And I never forget how confident my mom was. She's like, I know somebody here and trust us. They ain't going to touch us. And uh, probably very, I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but my mom uh, met this one gentleman, shook his hand, and gave him a very fat envelope. Huge <laughs> envelope. And he I was like, that. come to the back. They took our pictures. And he was like, here's your, your passport. You guys are good for three more years. And that's when I became, you know, I, I at least had my passport from like nine to twelve. But I think about that now, and I realize like I always wonder like why my mom become a drug dealer. I'm like that's why, because yeah. she didn't want to like be abused by the systems, and she knows money talks. Mm-hmm. So she did. So she walked in there like this is worth my while, so I won't have to be treated like, like they're treating other people who don't have these funds. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So that was yeah. that was. That was gangster, and I have so much respect for her for doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing yeah. to hear that your mom knew that, and then she went in confident. Yeah, she did what she had to do. She I mean, that. Confidence. She was like, don't worry. That was, a fir- that was the only time we ever walked in the immigration system with confidence, because then, you know, years later, like, the business started to go down. and started- So I, f- I, felt, I felt bad for her, because I felt her losing her. You know, yeah. her confidence. Well, it became more strict. Yeah. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do that. There was a After point 9/11, in yeah, you're right, where you could, it was yeah. 98 and then three years yeah. later. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 2001, she lost a lot of her status right. and privilege. Yeah. Right. It went, wow. they got strict after that, you know? Yeah. That's when things started to change. Um, probably. So the seven years before DACA. So yeah, like it got rough there yeah. for a minute where you couldn't just buy your driver's license from Fulanito, I got it. Don't, don't ask questions. Just give him the money and and he's got us. So yeah, I remember those days like where you could just buy your driver's license and stuff, but yeah, it's so different now. Um, God. And I don't, I don't wish it on anybody. I I don't wish it on anybody. And 
no, I don't know. No, I, Hard. I mean, like, and that's, I always talk about this, like, my privilege has always been that, like, you know, I'm a light-skinned looking dude, like, I don't look undocumented, but when I, um, when I went out, man, I don't know, I forget the night, I went out with my, uh, well, my brother-in-law, who's Mexican, and then, like, his brother, uh, they're from, like, Durango, so they're, like, they look Mexican, they came here undocumented, and, man, anytime either of those two would drive, we would get pulled over, mm-hmm. I remember, yo, I actually got him out of jail one night, I was kind of proud of myself, like, cause I've, like I said, I've always been very funny and whimsical and I'm like, I always knew like, you know, those scenes in movies where things are tense with a cop, but somebody will start being goofy and then they'd be like, yeah. ah, and then the, the cops will laugh. I'm like, ah, whatever. So, so I remember it was my 21st birthday and I went out with them, you know, to go have, grab a few drinks and I was drunk. So they were like, we'll drive. We get pulled over. Right. And the cops arrest them both, take them both in. I take a cab over to the, uh, I was also with my friend, John and my sister. So we all three of us like took a cab because we were drunk to cab over to the police station and i'm the only person who's like cocky and confident enough to talk to these police officers i'm like come on man it's my 21st birthday you're gonna arrest my uncle and my you know brother-in-law and he was like listen it's not just arresting them because you know they don't have papers it's also arresting them because they actually each owe uh together three thousand dollars in tickets driving whatever <laughs> so combined and i was like so he's like if you want them to get out you're gonna have to pay their parking tickets and i thought to myself for a second i go all right, which one's cheaper? Like, <laughs> like, which one? Because it's combined 3000 Is it down the middle both or does one owe 1000 the other owe 2 Because I'll take the 1000 one up. Yo, and those cops started laughing, which one's cheaper? I'm like, can you weigh them on a scale? Like, I'll take the less fat one. You know, yo, they started laughing and laughing. I just kept going. It was before I was a comedian. I was, 20, I was just going. I was a comedian at the time. I already did. I started making these people laugh. Yo, and tell me how, like, my mom came down thinking she needed money, whatever. And the, those two guys were already walking out. Then my mom was oh, like, what wow. happened? I was like, they just started laughing. They were like, listen, just pay your tickets. We don't want to be the kind of guy that deports your uncles on your 21st birthday. Come on. You know? Damn. So like, you I'm got always, lucky? I've always been the person that I'm like, yo, I'm just going to be funny. And, and if it doesn't work, at least uh, at least we had a good time going to fucking jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how I, I I never forget. I got them out. Just be like, which one's cheaper? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Oh my god. Well, god. I used to steal cars when I was a kid. Anybody's car. <laughs> no, okay, so like my what mom's car fuck? and like <laughs> not Jesus, like not my, outlaw? <laughs> not my neighbors. I was just some bored teenage so girl in West Ham, like no, I still like my parents' car, not the oh, neighbors. I, I think you I, were I set auto in the goddamn Florida area. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Oh my god! Just some badass stealing cars. No, like <laughs> everybody's. Whoever left their car in their garage in the garage and went out of town, like you were dumb because I was taking the car. Oh my god! Um, and I got pulled over once. Uh, I think I was like coming home from the gym, and I didn't have a license. I had a car before I had a license. Oh, I guess this is after my car stealing days. <laughs> I didn't need to tell you that. So when I finally got my own car, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, you stole from an old lady. Yeah. Mine now. Sorry, I got pulled over. Yeah, I just. I mean, I am so lucky that my name is Grace Stephanie Stewart, yeah. and. I'm white because that was an immense amount of privilege that I didn't know that I was walking around with as an undocumented immigrant. Because I remember I would get pulled over. I think I've been pulled over. I got pulled over once that I remember. Oh no, twice. Oh gosh. I got pulled over twice and both times 
they didn't ask me for my license. And I was shitting myself because yeah. you have to learn how to talk yourself out of these situations without getting caught. Yeah. Um, so I really used my looks. I used my name. I used the fact that I have no accent um, to my advantage. And I never spoke. I just talked my way out of it. Um, thank And thank God, honestly, yeah. because I couldn't imagine like, you know, just even trying to go to the gym or um, go to run to the store to get something for my mom. Um, Cause she used to work full time and then also come home and make empanadas or alfajores to sell on the side, you know, to make ends meet. My mom was always hustling. So I couldn't be the reason why we got in trouble, you know? Yeah. So I had to learn how to talk out of myself out of these situations. Yeah. Um, Damn, we both had to do that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I had to become, yeah, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Like, you see, like the the Haitian community being mistreated at the border, and mm. the horses, you know, the people horses mm. whipping them, and you're just like, yeah, I've never been treated like that because, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a mm -hmm. light skinned dude. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm also a cis male, so that's another reason why you know mm -hmm. people were just like, don't even question anything that I do, you know, you know, yeah. hey, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a local, it's a old I mean, you know, like, whatever. I feel like they. I mean, they do that. They could do that out there and I don't condone it at all, but they think that they can get away with that behavior because they're out in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. could you imagine somebody on a horse trying to come here and like into a city and, and hit, start hitting us yeah. like that? There was, that would never fly. When I went to Austin, there was this, um, cause they were like, Oh no, the border is not that far away. And you know, the, the town Brownsville, whatever, where a lot of stuff's happening. It's not that far away. And man, it was weird. It felt like there was this real, like, evil force just like miles away mm. that I'm like I don't want to go there they were I like, feel no. like I was like I don't want to go there yeah that's how I feel about Texas in general yeah. like <laughs> I, I used to go. really want to go yeah. and now I'm just like oh no like that is a different world and I said that to um we had a temp crew member on and he was from Texas and I was like oh I was like Texas is like a whole different world like it's not the same country as the United States <laughs> yeah. and he goes yeah and we like it like that with like his gun and stuff and I was just like oh no I was like I'm not going there I used to want to go for the food because I'm I love food obviously yeah. I'm, I'm a chef and I guess I never told you that part two <laughs> for another day. <laughs> but yeah, that's like another part of my story is like how I became a chef and like why, Be you know, because I couldn't go to school. So yeah, um, that, like that, I, I would love to hear that because I became a comedian was because I couldn't go to college. So I was like, I don't want to feel like I don't have a future, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. Why, so so what made you like, like, all right, let me let me pick this, you know, because you didn't go to college. I'm guessing. No, I went to culinary school. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I did go to culinary school, but, you know, growing up, I, I could care less about school. I was like not a good student um, because I was undocumented. And I just I put that on myself like I had no interest in anything because I didn't know how I was going to be able to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and my psychiatrist, yeah, psychiatrist, I don't know. I get confused which ones, which she told me I have um, chronic depression. So I probably had it like my whole life um, growing up. So probably that's why I didn't have any motivation. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to piece these things together now as an adult. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any interests. Um, I just always knew that I wanted to be like my brother. I, him and I are 13 months apart. Um, 
you know, obviously I had some challenges. Like I had a really bad temper. Um, I had behavioral issues for sure. Um, growing up because of things that happened when I was younger and, but I always admired my brother and he worked at a local Italian restaurant in our hometown. And, uh, and I was like, please get me a job there. Please get me a job there. Like, I promise you I'll do well. Like, you know, I'll work really hard, but I just want to work with you. And so he hesitated, but he got me a job there. Um, and I think I was there for about two years, um, from my junior and senior year. Um, and one of the ladies that worked there was like, oh, you should go to culinary school. <laughs> and she's like, you're always in the back chopping vegetables. Uh, and I was like, little do you know, I'm flirting with the chef. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely chopping vegetables back here. <laughs> it's so true. But like, That's so funny. You know, I just like played into it. I was just like, yeah, I love cooking. <laughs> Oh my god. So, but like I mean I've always loved food, but I never thought of myself being a chef. Right. Um, but then I it kind of like clicked, you know, if I I don't know how I started putting the pieces together, but if I went to culinary school, I could network um and get a job and you know, restaurants they hire undocumented workers all the time. Um I'm I'm white, so um, I can pass. Nobody will ever know that I'm uh, undocumented because I've been lying about it my whole life. Yeah. So I'm not going to stop now. I never told anybody I was American. I would always be honest and say I'm Peruvian, but they'd be like, oh, wow, you don't look Peruvian, you know? Yeah. So I really use that to my advantage. Um, but yeah, so I went to culinary school on my last day of culinary school. And I thought we were all good. I get called into the office. And they're like, your student loan has been denied because of your status. And I was like, oh, I'm about to get on a flight to New York for my internship at a one Michelin star restaurant, like at 19, 20 years old. Like yeah. what? You, were doing you know, like, school. yes, I was yeah. crushing it. And um, <clears throat> yeah, last day, and I, I called my mom and she was like, uh, get on the flight. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And I was like, I don't know how we didn't grow up with money. Like, you know, I'm like, how are you going to do this? My parents ended up selling their house that we grew up in what? to give me half of the money to pay for culinary school. And then I paid the rest of it back directly to the school, zero interest. But I didn't get my diploma until I paid off the loan. So, yeah, my mom, my mom sold our house help me oh. like yeah oh my god and so sad and beautiful and like yeah so oh. selfless and wow. so and my mom is still in limbo with immigration so my brother and I really my brother now is a permanent resident and I'm a U.S. citizen my dad passed away a U.S. citizen but yeah we we still hustle to um you know I am an English major now in college uh hopefully I'll get to go to law school and help other people in our situation. And, uh, but yeah, my brother and I work really, really hard. My parents said, we don't care what you do, just be the best at it. So we took that quite literally. Yeah. Uh, we work our asses off and help support our mom and we're still fighting for her every day. And um, yeah, she's also in limbo. She just had to quit her job because her work permit didn't come in 
on time. So, you know, we're still in it, but Jesus. all these, um, all these goddamn things that they're doing you just to slow you down on your progress. Yeah. It's slowing yeah. down yeah. your progress. Yeah. yeah. God, but they're trying, they, they want to, but I have a cousin who's a, an attorney and a professor at Yale. And she always says, uh, the only way to lose with immigration is to quit. So as long as we're fighting for my mom, like I'm about to file a petition for her because with all like my mental health stuff that I'm trying to sort out because of growing up undocumented, um, I'm going to file a petition for her on her behalf because if I lose my mom now, like yeah. in the middle of all this work, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to fight. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're yeah. sticking in there. Uh, yeah, they, they yeah. can't break our spirits too too much. No, no. I'm still. And nobody fucks with my mom. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody. Yeah, nobody fucks with Grace's mom. I'll beat him up yeah. too, yo. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my god, like that's the the thing that I've also like. You know, you said your mom had to help you out like that. Um, man, you're lucky when you're undocumented. Those people that'll be there for you. Like, I, yeah. I had the same situation, kind of like when. When I first moved to New York City, like after I moved out of the house at 18, I wanted to really get into like the healthcare profession. So yeah. I went to this school called the Allen School, right? And I wanted to be a medical assistant. So we're talking about it. And I went with my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we were talking about it like, oh, medical assistant is great. You'll, you'll get to do this. It's only like eight months. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I still wasn't doing comedy at the time. I was just thinking about like, what can I do other than work on Toys R Us? So then the guy was like, all right, let's, let's, just, let's just see if we can get you a loan here. And I get my driver's license. He's like, where's your social? I'm like, ah, uh, man, like I don't, I only have a driver's license. Like, and he was like, well, this program's like twenty thousand dollars. Do you have it in cash? And I was like, no. And then I was like, you know what? Never mind. Forget this. And then my girlfriend goes, what's the cheapest program you do have? And I was like, the guy goes, a uh, nursing assistant. It's two thousand dollars, and uh, all you need is four hundred dollars to like start. And she took out her checkbook and she goes, I got a thousand dollars. Here you go. And she wrote out the thousand dollar check. And she's like, all you got to do is like work and get the other thousand dollars. So I yeah. Another half of my own. But like, yeah, and that I'm, you know, that was such a, you know, uh, a helping thing because, you know, with the pandemic and it helped me, you know, for years I've been doing this, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Like I was able to go back to that when comedy shut down. So yeah. I still think about it. I was like, man, if she hadn't pulled out that checkbook and be like, here's a thousand. I would just walked out of there being like all right, I'm just going to go be something at Toys R Us. Yeah. And then, you know, so yeah. I, I really, that was, yeah. Like, yeah. I still think about no, that moment. It's be that's beautiful. I mean, yeah, those little things, you know, like it's like almost like a guardian angel, not to be cheesy, but yeah. it's, you know, like it's really putting you in a place where you're like, okay, yeah, you're you're meant to be here and, and this path is going to lead you to the next one. Like, and I, I believe in all of that, you know, like when things just line up like that, um, you know, kind of take it and use it to your advantage. Like, you know, while I'm in school, I'm still cooking. And I know I have friends that want me to become a paralegal. And I've said that I wanted to become a paralegal and maybe like and learn more about uh, the law um, industry, the field. But uh, it. I, I, it doesn't call my attention as much as like going to law school does. And I'm not ready to quit cooking because it's afforded me so much. It's like, it's like, I'm, I'm coming to a close, but I'm, I'm not ready to, you know, exactly yeah, give like it up. Same exact story. Like I'm in school, you know, I'm in school too. I know we're yeah, in school. Yeah. Like, I'm like three months away from, well, actually I finished in June with my associates. 
then I'm going to go to, like, you know, my bachelor's. But, like, I still do comedy because, like, I still get a call. But, hey, you want to do this for three Gs? I'm like, yeah, yeah yes. I'm not going to quit. It's still a yes. very, like, yes. well-paying gig that I can do from time yes. to time. So we have this extra skill. But now, yeah. We, like, yeah, we're doing the other work. Yeah, and, yeah it's, exactly. It's an easy way to transition that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm doing my work. I have my goal, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm still, I'm. I don't know. There's, I can't let it go just yeah. yet. I yeah, can't. No, I can't let yeah. it go either. You'll be, yeah, you'll and the be, money's really good. So. Yeah, exactly. You got the skill you worked on for years when you were yeah. documented and you were Yeah, almost hustle. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Cooking. Yeah. So yeah. I have a talent and I have uh, clients and uh, I don't have to go on yachts anymore, which is super nice. I still travel, but w- more domestic and less on the boat, which is super nice. And I've been working to get to this point in my career so i'm not gonna give it up yet i'm glad you seem, you seem to be in a, in a in a good headspace after all that yeah yeah i mean i actually went to the therapy yesterday and i was like i'm the happiest i've ever been and i don't know why i'm like so scared i'm like kelly i haven't had a de- kelly's my boyfriend uh, i haven't had a, a depressive episode in a minute like something's wrong and he's like you should be proud and i was like no i'm scared <laughs> They're gonna come crashing down. That's all. Yeah. Was, ice comes knocks on my door. Like we found you. I'm like, man, it was too good too soon. Too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things were going I'm, too good. I know. I know. I think about that with my mom all the time. Like we're about to sell her apartment, and we're all just gonna we're gonna start sharing. My mom, me, and my brother. My brother has a daughter, um, and they're about to move out of New York City. So we're about to start traveling. Um, up to Northern Florida with my mom and uh, share her basically. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't have to work and, you know, like she could start enjoying a little bit of her life and the grandbaby. But yeah, I'm always scared of immigration knocking on my mom's door when I'm not in town, when I'm home, like an hour away, yeah. you know? So it's like, damn, yeah, like get out of my life. I Just hurry that. up and get out of my life. <laughs> I worry about my, my, uh, my immediate family too. Cause they're also very timid. So I know that they yeah. will really like fight and stuff like that. I'd, yeah. I'll be the type that's like, no ice. Come here. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, let me talk. Like, can yeah. I see your warrant? Yeah. Like, I don't know who you're trying to pull <laughs> up on right now, but it's not my mom. Like yeah. I would be able to defend myself. I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. You know, I've been doing it uh, for my family, my entire life. I gave myself that role in our family. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no. If my mom had to do it alone, I would drop everything. I would be like, lock yourself inside the house and I'm on my way. Like, I have the ACLU on speed dial. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> and that's what's going to make you a great immigration lawyer is the fact that you have like firsthand experience. You know, I, I talked to somebody else for this podcast who did go to law school and he was just shocked at how immigration lawyers were so racist you know what i mean and just mm. how these white people were just like well you're, you're supposed to be like these elite lawyers and you're still saying some pretty racist stuff and talking about yeah. the system in a very racist way yeah and it blew his mind and you know he, he grew up undocumented so he's like i'm very happy i was in that room you know to try and check him a few times so when you go to you know law school and you know you you know if you concentrate on immigration you're you're gonna school people a little bit yeah i can't wait i've already started like uh where i work um now Somebody was saying something about, um, you know, women coming from Central America and giving birth here just to get citizenship. And I was like, oh, well, actually, it doesn't work that way. Like, so after he went on his tangent about how they're coming here to have anchor babies, I asked him if I could speak since I listened to him. And I told him, I was like, hey, this isn't the case. Like, you know, X, Y and Z is 
how that's going to, you know, she's always going to be undocumented. The baby's the only one that's going to have um, any rights as a citizen to any benefit to American citizen is only for the child. And if he or she can petition for their parents at the age of 18 or 21, I'm not sure exactly what age it is, um, then that's when the process starts. It doesn't happen like, oh, you have a baby here and then you're just an American citizen. Like I freaking wish, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, anybody that wants to listen um, and learn something, I'll happily teach yeah. what I know right now. Um, but if, if you don't, if you're closed minded and just want to hear what you, or repeat what you heard on Fox news, then I, I, I wish I was as brave as you. I was at work the other day and this white, cool cut military looking dude who looked like he, he became a nurse in the army and now he's a nurse like outside of the army he was just like oh yeah freaking uh the biden is sending from the border like a hundred thousand illegals to philadelphia so then they can become citizens and then like vote and then philly will never again be a republican city i'm just like that all sounded ridiculous he's so I, I stupid <laughs> and i'm so mad that i let him speak and i was like all i said was hey man listen I grew up undocumented, and I want you to know everything you said was wrong. And that's actually yes. all I said. Like, I yes, wasn't even but that's perfect. As you. I was like, everything you said was wrong. And that is what I said. I was like, yeah. yeah. But sometimes you also can't find the words. Like, I'm sometimes I'm in shock for the things that people say that I know that I calmly cannot answer or say anything in defense of their statement. So, because I struggle, you know, I grew up not talking like hiding who I was so it's not that easy for me to just be able to reply to somebody like I have to really think like shut up and think before you yeah you answer because you could say the wrong thing to the wrong person you know so I'm not always quick with it but the guy that I work with that I'm talking about in this situation is open to conversations um you know he loves Trump and loves Fox News and all this stuff. I don't want to hear about it per se. I he knows how I feel. You know, he calls me a socialist Democrat all the time. Okay, when uh, AOC, and I'm just like sure, I AOC laugh it at work. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I laugh it off because it's like I'm at work and I'm here to be professional and have a good time and uh, and do my job. Like I like what I'm doing, and so I try to brush it off. But when there is an opportunity for a conversation, like hey, I listened to you. Do you mind hearing me out for two minutes? Like, and I can have a conversation and educate. Like, I have no problem doing it because um, we have to start listening to each other because, you know, this whole left and the right thing, like, it's all it's all gotten a little yeah. too... Um, it's going to boil over at some point. Yeah, it's going to boil over. Like we need to. I don't know how to cook. Boil, boil over? Is that, is that the term? Yeah, you could. Yeah, <laughs> boil over. But I, I mean, we're all just going to like, we're not getting anywhere fighting yeah. with each other. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and I, I think um, you're totally right. White people need to chill. I think that's what you were trying to yeah. say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're, we're like at 45 minutes. Yeah. Oh, 55. We're, wow, we talked for 55 minutes. That flew by. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. I believe it. Yeah. Oh I mean, I think that you are a comedic genius. Oh. I'm so glad that like you got that we got to connect over TikTok. Um yeah, you were the first person that made my childhood funny. Like the the jokes that you write, you know, and your experiences as an undocumented person and how you can bring it to life and bring laughter and 
you know, you really did I really appreciate change that. comedy and change my view on being, you took it from being serious, something very serious and traumatic to something funny that I can laugh about. And that it was beautiful. And I tell you all the time, you're a genius. <laughs> like I, I appreciate that it does that for you. Cause that's something that's like, Oh my, I didn't expect it to happen, but it fills my heart. Every time somebody goes like, I saw you and it made, it made my situation seem a lot less angry about it like i can laugh a little bit and i'm like that's all i yeah. want from you so i want just laugh a little bit because this yeah. shit is fucking yeah. heavy yes so i'm yes. very happy that like i guess once again i'm looking at like my community going, like, are you guys sad watch let me tell this let me tell you what's going on you know because I, I don't i don't like seeing and and uh seeing so many young people like hate themselves for it and be mad at themselves and just like it it, it really it has shown me like i'm doing the right thing for my for my community and i, yeah. I love it i love it I yeah love it. you definitely are and i'm super thankful um thankful for this opportunity thankful for all the laughs that you provide um and yeah i'm excited to see you become an attorney and <laughs> kill it on, with you. your podcast yeah. and stand up and all of it i appreciate that i honestly uh, i'll keep you informed of anything i say i'm doing this one person show so i want all my all my friends when i'm in the town near the come see this one person show let's let's see this, uh, this i mean, document to life in 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 you know on stage tell me opening night and we will book tickets and we'll come out and see <laughs> you because it. i i cannot go another day without seeing you live and then also if you're working on the show like please let us know when and we will be there absolutely uh, as far as your work i know you, you know you post your uh your like food and things like that do, do you want people to follow you on your social media give them your your instagram yeah. and tiktok so my social media is um, Private Chef Grace, and on TikTok I'm Yacht Chef Grace. Um, I'm not really posting right now because I'm trying to live my life, you know, like trying to discover me. But you guys can follow me there. Sometimes I post um, stories about my work and what I'm up to, or my cute ass dog. Um, but yeah, right now I'm more of a self discovery phase, so I'm less on social media. I'm more of a creeper than uh than posting <laughs> no, right fo now fo so. follow, follow uh yeah grace or private private, private chef grace private chef grace because uh, yeah when you when you come out of you know your your hibernation phase and you come out with like oh i'm doing this for you know immigration i'm doing that it's gonna be awesome like to see yeah come out of that. yeah i'm excited i'm excited when when the time comes i'm just charging my energy my batteries right yeah. now <laughs> well, good luck with everything and uh, thank you again thank for being you don't don't uh, log off yet i want to take a picture like next to okay you guys are gonna do it right but thank you so much for okay. being a guest and uh and we'll see each other very soon uh, yes of course thank you, thank you. so much bye-bye bye Hey, thank you for checking out another episode of My Undocumented Ass Podcast. Remember to check out other podcasts on Drop Tent Media Network. And if you want to support My Undocumented Ass Podcast, check us out on Patreon. Thank you so much. Y hasta la próxima vez. Te veo. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.